Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicleist. This show, this episode, and most are ones in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. Why would you listen to this? I don't know. Is there someone who has listened to all of them? No, that would be insane if you are that person. If such a person exists, because there's always been at least one download, right? There's always one, minimum. <laughs> are you that crazy person? If you are, I want to meet you and buy you a Venmo you something because we can't leave our houses. Uh, 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 send get, get you something from your Amazon wish list. Yeah. How would you prove it? I don't know. Um, probably uh, 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 what you could do is name a sponsor from every episode. Ooh, yeah. How about that? It shouldn't take you too long to compile that. No big deal. Or NBD, if you prefer, and I hope you do. Uh, okay, so, at the top of the show, I should say things like, if you have not consumed some of this media yourself, the potential exists that I could spoil it for you, and I don't want to do that. So I warn of it. Without further ado, I will push a button that will get us started like this. <coughs> Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Danny DeVito's Lemoncello. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, just have two movies, which uh, I think last we had like six, something like that. Uh, we've got uh, Jumanji The Next Level first. Oh, sorry, I, I, I mispronounced that. Jumanji colon The Next Level. This is the second in the Jumanji franchise. Oh no, that's not accurate. The second in the Jumanji rebooted franchise. Um, it's fine. <clears throat> if you saw the first one, do you need to now watch this one? I would hazard a guess that no, you do not. Uh, on that note, rating-wise, solid three. Which, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, 3 is, you know, I enjoyed it while watching, but probably wouldn't want to watch it again. Uh, and that very much uh, fits this movie. Uh, in Jumanji, the next level, the gang... <coughs> excuse me. The gang is back, but the game has changed. Oh. As they return to rescue one of their own, the players will have to brave parts unknown from arid deserts to snowy mountains... Yeah, so, you know, two climates. Uh, to escape the world's most dangerous game. Man. Oh, no, wait, that's the world's most dangerous prey? Man. Oh, man. This movie's fine. Got some good action. Uh, it, the fact that uh, Danny DeVito 
uh, is in the body of Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson for most of this. Pretty good. Pretty good. Don't mind that at all. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, really not much to say. You got Danny Glover in there. You got the two Dannys, DeVito and Glover. So, you know, for that alone, double, double Dannys, double Ds, double Ds, perhaps something there for the title, double Ds, Danny, Glover, DeVito. Uh, from time to time, I have a title prepared before I start the episode, if something jumps out at me, usually I do not. And this is one of the cases where I do not. Uh, moving on to movie the second, Life of the Party from 2018. This is basically back to school um, with, instead of uh, Roddy Dangerfield, we've got uh, Melissa McCartney. That's, that's basically what it is. Uh, not to say that's a bad thing. Similarly... Uh, you know what? I'm going to go 3.3 on this one. I uh, enjoyed while watching. Probably wouldn't watch again, but, you know, maybe I would if the mood really struck because there was a, a lot of funny people in this. Stephen Root, for example. Gillian Jacobs, you say? <laughs> That's funny. It's something and I, the missus, did. Because this came out in 2018, and Gillian Jacobs is playing a high school student a friend of uh, Melissa McCartney's daughter uh, let me read the IMDA maybe that'll start us off actually uh, after her husband abruptly asks for a divorce a middle-aged mother returns to college in order to complete her degree so this middle-aged mother who's going back to school with her daughter and her daughter's friends uh, one of which is Gillian Jacobs, who is only like a couple of years younger than Melissa McCartney, but she's playing a, uh, a, a college student. So that's, you know, interesting. Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph, I think definitely falls into this category that I have. And I've, I've mentioned this from time to time. Uh, 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 movie uh, or, or actors or actresses who, if uh, Maya Rudolph is, is someone who, if she is in the thing, I'm going to like the thing. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. She she ups everything she's in and makes it better. She her 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 scenes in this movie fives out of fives. Uh, I, I I could watch the whole movie with just her, basically. And why don't we have that, Maya Rudolph? Why don't we have that? Uh, it, it it's just sort of a dumb sort of um heartwarming fun, heartwarming fun. Um, which in these trying times. Uh, very much appreciated. So, uh, for that reason, if anything, uh, this is a good movie and I do recommend it. Life of the Party. Of the Pate. Okay, let's push another button. Hey, we're, we're flying along here. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Gatherers Season 1. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, today we are talking Hunters Season 1. Oh, this thing on Amazon. Amazon Originals. Uh, it's, it's Let's uh, <laughs> let's start with Emda, I suppose. In 1977, in New York City, a troubled young Jewish man bent on revenge is, taking in, is taken in by secret 
group of Nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against the cabal of high-ranking Nazi officials in hiding who worked to create the Fourth Reich. Oh. My. Goodness. Uh, this is different. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, it's got some almost Tarantino-esque shots in it. Um, it's almost like a grind, grindhousey feel to it from time <laughs> to time. Um, it's got uh, uh, names you will recognize, like Carol Kane, for example. Of course, uh, Mr. Al Pacino playing uh, the the head hunter, the the guy who gathered all the hunters together in order to perform this task of saving the world from the goddamn Nazis. Um, actually, you know what, the, even the, the, the cover, uh, or at least the IMDB, uh, poster cover thing sort of looks like a Kill Bill poster a little bit. Huh, interesting. Um, rating wise, jeez, this is tough because there's parts I liked and it also sort of dragged on a bit. Like, uh, how many episodes was this? Season one, uh, yeah, this, this is going to be a hard one to rate. And, you know, this is just going to sort of prove the fact, uh, which I've said before, and not that you wouldn't believe me, but I never know what I'm going to rate things going in. I just put them down, and then whatever pops into my head when I come to that part is what it gets. Um, definitely three in terms of enjoying while watching. Um, would I watch again? I, I, I don't think I would. I, I don't think I would, and um, it, I don't know if it was how it was written or the, how it was acted or what, but it just felt sort of mediocre. Yeah, that's that's a sad sort of thing to say, and, and in terms of mean things to say, that's probably a, 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 among the higher. <laughs> like, I, I usually don't say bad things. It, it's just, I, like, I got to the end, and I don't know if they're making a second season, but my desire to watch a second season of this does not really exist, to be honest. So, I don't know, just sort of a little bit bleh, a little bit just sort of you knew what was going to happen one minute to the next, um, yeah, the, the stakes never felt that high, maybe. Uh, I, I, I almost can't put my finger quite on it, which is unusual for me, so, I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what, audience participation time, which I try and fail at a lot. Um, have you seen this? What did you think? Um, am I crazy in that it was good and I enjoyed it? But it just sort of was kind of like it—it's it, 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 something that I that I experienced. That, of course, TV watching is usually a passive experience, but this even more so than normal. It's extra passive experience of this show. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So let's buzz your button. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Today's book banter sponsor is Bar Rescue with Kit Uth Matar. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have, if you are following along, you are no doubt surprised that we're at book number three of the Meetings Sextet, which is uh, takes place within uh, the, the sort of Dragonlance world. 
Uh, this is by Tina Daniel, and it is titled Dark Heart. Oh, uh, yeah, flying through these books because they're very good and hard to put down. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this series so far. Uh, everyone loved. Uh, can I go five out of five? I don't think I can, but I am going to go for a, a powerful four. Not even just a normal four. This, this book gets a, a four with attitude. Um, let me read the Goodreads. Oh. Obsession. <laughs> At long last, the story of the beautiful, dark-hearted Kit... Uh, this is why I said Kit in the sponsor, because I didn't know how to say this. Kitiara. The dark-hearted Kitiara. Tiara. K-I in front of it. Kitiara Uthmatar. Uh, goddamn fantasy names. I hate them. Uh, this compelling novel tells the story of the birth of her twin brothers, the warrior uh, Karaman. I always just say Cameron in my head, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and the frail mage Raistlin, which I believe is how you would actually pronounce that name. That's It's a little simpler looking. Uh, and Kit's admirable role in their upbringing. But her youthful mercenary deeds and increasing fascination with evil throw her into the company of a roguish stranger and a band of adventurers whose fates are intermingled with her own, haunted by the memory of her Salamnic... Salamnic... Is it because... Salamnic... What does that word mean? Is it someone from the town that they're in? Um... A knight. Salamnic knights. Yeah, I, I have heard that, but I don't know what that means. Definition. Hmm. Uh, I don't want to say... I read a lot, okay? So normally I see words and I know what they mean. <laughs> this is not what is happening here, so I want to look. The language of the Salamnia. The language was used... Uh, okay, so it's a type of knight specific to this dragon lance. Uh, universe uh, and it's also a language uh, apparently it's a, a, a people Salamnia is a human nation in northwestern Ancelon okay okay so I don't I, I don't feel as bad for not knowing what that word meant uh, she hunts him ceaselessly uh, Tina, Dan Tina Daniels first novel brings to life this remarkable warrior woman whose credo of the sword of truth becomes her triumph and downfall. Mm, I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, yeah, so it's basically getting some backstory of uh, Cameron, as I call him, and Raceland, um, and sort of how they grew up in their, their early years and uh, using the older sister as a way to uh, explore that a bit, but then also find her story as well, which is a, a sort of a fascinating one, how she gets involved with these rogues and does something not very good at all, uh, that sort of haunts her for basically until the end of the book. Um, rating wise, uh, I already went, uh, I do recommend this series as a whole so far, series as a whole getting a five out of five, that hasn't changed. Uh, Dark Heart, try it out, why don't you? Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is The Wayward Bar. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Okay, uh, we're talking uh, uh, Fallout 76. Yes, I have returned for the third time, I think. I'm uh, pretty sure it's the third time uh, since purchasing this uh, many moons ago when it first came out. Uh, I am uh, one of the the few who uh, have uh, enjoyed this game. <laughs> yeah, I guess just period. Uh, a lot of people hate it, hate on it. Uh, uh, the hate is strong for this game for some reason. I think it's because uh, there was an expectation that it would be like uh, Fallout, you know, New Vegas or Fallout Three or even Fallout Four. Um, but it's not. It's 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 similar, and its similarities are enough that I've always had fun playing it. Um, and with the recent uh, uh, update of the Wastelanders. Uh, I, I think it is, if anything, it's not farther away from those games that people were hoping it would be like. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, this game, uh, it's online, it's a, a giant map, and you sort of go around killing stuff, uh, gathering resources, building your base. I got a really cool base I just sort of finished building. Um, very, very proud of it. Um, uh, if you don't like the base building, that's going to take away a lot of the fun that you could have in this. So uh, I can understand both people not liking base building and therefore liking this game much less. But I do like base building. Um, uh, this uh, this this DLC, this expansion, I suppose you would call it, adds uh, real humans to the world, which was a lot of people's main complaint. Like. Uh, uh, originally when this game came out there were, it was just sort of you and in any players you met uh, along the way um, and that was it there was never really any humans other than dead ones other than skeletons and uh, uh, there, there was robots and there was uh, uh, computer terminals and that's sort of how you were interacting with the world but now there's sort of living breathing humans walking around that you can interact with um, give you quests you, you're gonna have to choose sides between uh, raiders and uh, I forget what the other factions call the other faction. To be honest, uh, I didn't pay much attention to you. As soon as I saw the possibility exists that I could join up with the Raiders, I'm like, okay, yeah. So this is kind of cool. This is the early days of Raiders in the Fallout universe, and I can be a part of that. That's kind of cool. Uh, and, and plus, being evil is uh, pretty fun. Not that I went super evil. I went uh, medium evil. Medium evil is quite often the most fun. <laughs> chaotic uh neutral let's let's call it um so the 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 main story here involves around uh and it's kind of cool it's almost like a heist a uh, little bit uh, revolves around a vault that is filled with all the gold from the u.s so basically they emptied fort knox uh and put it in this vault and it's our job to get in there so we can use this gold uh, to back our currency to start up um, th this part, it kind of didn't make sense to me in a post-apocalyptic where, you know, radiation, everything's been destroyed. Do you really need to start up uh, a, a new infrastructure based on one, uh, on, on capitalism using golds to back things? What's wrong with caps? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just sort of strange. Like they wanted to remove the barter system, I guess, because I, I don't know. It's, it's a little iffy. But still, fun. Uh, the, the sort of gathering of a team, uh, uh, having to do things to help each of your team members. 
uh, it, it was a sizable mission. Like it, it took me a, a couple of days of play, like uh, quite a few hours to, to work my way through. And uh, I had fun. Uh, I had heard online after I chose the Raiders that uh, the Raiders is the funner of the two ones to go, which sort of makes sense. Uh, and, and you've got, who do you have? Your, your, your sort of cast of characters. There's a super mutant girl uh, named Gail. And her uh, little girl companion, uh, that was an interesting, <laughs> interesting sort of juxtaposition there. Uh, how the super, if you're unfamiliar with super mutants and Fallout games, normally they're somewhat mindless, just attack you and try to kill you. But this one uh, still has that sort of barbaric anger a little bit and carries around a goddamn massive minigun. Um, but uh, at least won't kill you on sight, so that's nice. Uh, and then this little girl who's pretty crazy uh, reminded me a little bit of Tiny Tina from... Is it Tiny Tina? I think it is. From the Borderlands 2. A little bit like that girl. Uh, then you've got a guy in a tuxedo who's like a sort of a spy kind of guy. <laughs> I guess I'd never noticed that sort of James Bond comparison. Uh, and then there was a demolitions expert, uh, ghoul, uh, ghouls are people who have been, uh, irradiated to such a degree that it's sort of changed them, uh, into these uh, things. They almost look like lepers a little bit. Um, and who was the other one? There was somebody else. There's those two ghoul. I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Or was it just those three? Maybe it was just those three. Uh, and then the head of the Raiders, of course. Uh, she, she was sort of there as well. Uh, tough as nails, uh, don't mess with me type girl who's uh, got together these people who would, you know, probably kill you if you weren't helping them try to get this gold. Uh, so I did that. I did the main story mission. Uh, then I went to uh, an, another mission called Ally Mission where you can get like an ally for your base. Uh, where uh, someone will come and move in there, uh, uh, get you stuff, help you with things. Um, uh, you have to complete a, a fairly sizable mission for them as well uh, in order to sort of build up your reputation with them. I went with the uh, 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 a girl, uh, an astronaut, who had sort of crash-landed. Uh, she had been in a deep freeze, a deep sleep this whole time, so didn't know the apocalypse had happened, so I thought that would be sort of a cool one as well. Uh, and, uh, we're in love now, I will say. She sort of moved into my my place. I've completed all of her missions. Now, you know, we just sort of hang out in the, in the house that I built. And, uh, that's where we are now. Uh, okay, so Fallout 76, I've always enjoyed, so my ratings, you know, uh, if anything, okay, this is what we'll do for my rating of Fallout 76 now, at this date. Uh, whatever rating I gave it last time, I'm going to give it that, plus an additional one. Yeah, I'm going to add a one onto it. Oh, how about that? Uh, if I gave it a five the last time, that's not accurate. There you go. That's a little caveat at the end there. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Carol's Kawaii Cookies. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item of the first, uh, Jim Murphy's My Secret on Running Great RPGs. Uh, yeah, so uh, this video really, really of 
uh, 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 D&D-related videos that I watch on a weekly basis, which is a lot. Uh, this has been one of the best that I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, I've spoken of Jim Murphy on this podcast before uh, and my uh, sort of great respect for him. His knowledge and uh, the tools that he has built over his years of uh, being in this uh, the, the this hobby of uh, role playing games and Dungeons and Dragons and and, and innumerable other uh, uh, games of its ilk, uh, fascinating to watch and listen to him tell stories and uh, uh, so much so that I uh, not only shared this around with my fellow D and D folk, but also uh, commented on the video uh, something along the lines of. Uh, um, th this really shows what you do best, which is uh, uh, using uh, cool stories from the past to make relevant points in the present, uh, to which he replied uh, something very nice and uh, uh, a pleasant interaction with him as well. So that's always a sort of fun. Uh, what are his secrets? You watch the video first and foremost. Uh, because he's going to tell it better than I, but, uh, and, and you know what, I'm not, I'm not even going to make the attempt, but one thing I am going to say is that, uh, s what this video will do, which I think is most impressive is make you think of things differently. And in life, uh, whenever that happens, uh, it's sort of a, to me, it feels like an amazing thing when you, when, when you could be looking at something the same way for so long and then something happens you watch something you see something something happens to you uh and suddenly the way you think about that gets changed uh it, it's like a gift and uh that's what this video has within it at least it did for me so hey that's pretty high praise <laughs> jesus christ i think i built it up too much okay you know what it, the video's fine just go watch it <sighs> Uh, moving on to Slightly Civil War with Yahtzee and Jack Packard. Ah, yes, from over on Escapist, which is a YouTube channel I have. Probably one of the first YouTube channels I just subscribed to because of um, Zero Punctuation, which is Yahtzee Croshaw's uh, uh, long-running series. Uh, been around longer than this podcast, even. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, the, the Slightly Civil War... Basically, they'll pick a topic. Uh, they've only done two so far, but a very, very cool idea where um, uh, it's it's almost like a, a, we didn't have this when I was in high school. A debate club. I know of the existence of debate club. <laughs> Why am I saying it funny? Debate, debate, debate club. Um, <laughs> debate. Uh, uh, but but we never actually had it. Yeah. Anyways, um, so it's sort of like that where there'll be. They'll, they'll toss a coin to decide who has to argue which side of an argument. Uh, and usually it's tough because the argument, like, uh, what was the first one I watched? Uh, should games like Dark Souls have difficulty set settings? Now, that one was tough because guaranteed uh, Yahtzee thinks they should not. In fact, I, I think at the end he even sort of admitted... I, I'm pretty sure he admitted, or, or, or at the very least, he is more likely to think that they should not. And yet, uh, in the coin toss, he had to argue for, whereas Jack Packard had to argue against, which I feel like was tough on both of them, <laughs> which uh, makes it interesting. Um, that being said, I wonder if it makes more sense to actually uh, choose which... Okay, how about this for an idea? Uh, get a subject, 
uh, like this. Dark Souls should games, very difficult games like Dark Souls have difficulty settings. Now, if one of them uh, wants to have yes and one of them wants to have no, that's fine. Let them have that. Now, if both of them want to have yes, uh, then you flip a coin. Or if both of them want to have no, then you flip a coin. Hmm? Yeah, I, th I think that would work better. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Was it really as good as people think? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that would be hard to argue. Uh, I, I think uh, Yahtzee had to argue against, which he is... You know what I've just realized? Give him the negative. <laughs> he'll do it in a comedic fashion. But whatever the negative opinion is, give him that one and he'll just he'll run away with it. Uh, love him, but, you know... Sela, that. Um, <laughs> fuck, it's falling apart at the end here. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, okay, moving on from that to Palo from Tokyo, a Day in the Life series. Yeah, this is something that uh, the missus really uh, jumped on board. Uh, I, I think I, like some nights, uh, we'll, we'll watch something and then, you know, not quite ready for bed, so we'll throw on something from YouTube. Mikey Chen is a go-to, Dancing Bacons. Uh, we tend to like these sort of uh, peering into the world of Asian stuff, uh, particularly Japan has always been my favorite. So uh, what this guy does, Paulo from Tokyo, um, he's he, he's not Japanese, I don't think. You know what? I was thinking last night when we were watching it, and I was kind of high, so we'll keep that in mind. Um, he looks a little bit like, and there's... Oh, uh, no, that's kind of a mean thing to say. Uh, ah, what the hell? He'll never hear this in a million years, and neither will anyone else. Uh, he kind of looks like a character created in uh, Skyrim or uh, Oblivion. Yeah, probably Oblivion. He, he kind of looks like a character... Created in uh, Oblivion. Uh, it, it's just something about the lighting uh, that he uses. It's very, very harsh, I think. So, you know, if, if you do hear this, Paulo, all you need is less harsher lighting. And, and I bet you anyone in that lighting would look like a character created in <laughs> Oblivion. Anyways, uh, so uh, we've we've watched a bunch, including a salaryman, housewife, delivery driver. And I think what's most fascinating about this is how different... Just, just period. How different it is in uh, Japan, in Tokyo, compared to, say, here in Canada. Uh, the salary man, and actually all of them, sort of show, but the salary man in particular, sort of show uh, the work ethic over there and how it differs from uh, sort of Western society, I suppose you could say. Uh, and just sort of the crazy hours and hard work that they're constantly putting in. Uh, one thing uh, he mentioned in one was that uh, Japan has the like third highest GDP despite being a, a country the size of California. So that's sort of fascinating as well. Uh, and, and it probably, you have to assume, has a lot to do with the worth, work ethic that is seemingly sort of ingrained in the people there. Uh, sort of fascinating to watch. Um, and I recommend that and all of the things I spoke of in this internet intercourse. Folks, we did it. Nice uh, short episode there. Uh, 31 and change minutes. Not two shabbles. Uh, I suppose that leaves the final thing to say, which is always the final thing, which is... Oh, God. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. 
time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.